0: hi this is leo laporte of this week in tech and you're listening you're smart to cliff ravenscraft he is the podcast answer man
1: Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level?
0: Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience? Training tens of thousands of people from all around the world.
1: Hi Cliff, this is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand.
0: John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand.
1: Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelsner, Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, you've come come to the the right place. place. Podcast
0: Answer Man presents
1: The Cliff Ravenscraft Show.
0: Now, here's
1: your host, Cliff Ravenscraft.
0: That's right, my friends. Welcome to episode number 517. And yet once again, another episode that is going to be really focused on the insights and inspiration that I've received from the book The Big Leap from the author Gay Hendricks. And today I'm bringing you yet another conversation with a friend of mine and a friend that I had no idea had this connection. And, well, we'll get into it in just a moment. But I want to first welcome Daphne Scott. Daphne, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I have never been better, and it literally gets better every single day, especially now that over the past three weeks, I've spent a minimum of eighty to ninety percent of my time every day in my zone of genius.
1: oh, I cliff that just warms my heart. I love hearing that, and your excitement is clearly infectious, which i which I can't wait to share on the show either. So
0: oh, where to begin now <laughs> now, the cool thing, okay, so I'm gonna give people a little bit of a background. Okay. I, well, okay, so a couple years ago, I was talking to my mastermind group and I told them that guys, you know, I I'm really getting bored of the whole podcast consultant technical podcasting, how to hook up your cables to your mixer and set up RSS feeds. I'm really bored to tears by this. I know it generates all my income, blah 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 blah, but I hate it now. And I would really love to do something more in life. I didn't leave my career in insurance so that I could be known as a podcast consultant. When I left my career in insurance, the whole reason for that was I I went to work one day and just out of nowhere, after, after about nine months of podcasting as a hobby, and, and all the things that happened as a result of doing that, of putting my message and my voice out into the world, out of nowhere, this crazy thought popped in, into my head. And I have no idea where it came from. And it took me a, at least a week to two weeks before I, was, uh, before I allowed myself to say the words out loud. And that Ugh. phrase was, I wonder what life would look like if I could do this for a living instead of insurance.
1: Oh. <laughs> so you already started on a wonder question. Like, that's a big question. Like, that, that's the whole thing. So you were wondering. And? And?
0: And well, I went and decided to go and pursue podcasting full time about another nine months after that, after other people convinced me that I could make a living, that I could actually make a living doing this thing that I felt most called to do in life. But that thing that I felt most called to do was creating content that entertained, educated, encouraged, and inspired others. And I didn't know how you would get paid to do that at the time. And I thought that I would just get behind a microphone and, and I would create content and I would have sponsors and advertisers and that might be how most of that would happen. But yeah. I discovered personally that that wasn't the route that I wanted to go. And just naturally something that occurred that came out of nowhere is that people started to offer to pay me to teach them how to podcast. And the income <laughs> from that started ramping up higher and higher and higher until the it got to the place where i don't know if you know this daphne but when i started working in insurance in the family business they begged me to come work for them and i said i'll come work for you as long as you promise me two things number one promise me you'll never expect me to get my insurance license because i have no desire to sell and (laughs) and number two my ultimate goal in life is to be able to do ministry full-time, and if I have the opportunity to pastor a church at any point in time, regardless of how much less money I would make doing that than what you're paying me in insurance, you have to be okay with me leaving. Wow. Wow. So okay. So I already knew what my heart and my mission in this world was was to to do things that would inspire and motivate and encourage other people to be who God created them to be. Yeah. But but the thing is is that what happened was in insurance ultimately I did ha- I was incentivized, not required, not even expected, expected, but I was incentivized financially to get my my insurance license, and I started selling auto, home, business, life, and health insurance. I became very profitable. It actually came to the point where it was a zone of excellence sort of thing for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was a
0: very difficult thing to leave and to take a big leap, but I did. I took a big leap into finding a way to make a living from this podcasting stuff that I was doing. But yeah. I, I, I jumped out of want. And by the way, I, I absolutely am not upset about those 12 years I spent there because I did learn how to sell and I actually love to sell. I think I think selling is one of the gifts that God has given me and I am incredibly blessed by that ability today. Mm. So so that experience was wonderful, but then I jumped from one zone of excellence into a zone of incompetence that then went to the zone of competence and then went to the zone of excellence again which is now teaching people the technical ins and outs of of podcasting but I find myself in the same thing here I am making a making a whole lot more money today doing my yeah. own business in podcast consulting than I ever was in insurance and I find myself asking this question again what mm-hmm. would life be like if I could do this other stuff instead of the podcast coaching and consulting
1: oh so good i mean Cliff, your story is just so inspiring and, you know, it really is sort of finding these, these different layers and these different levels and it's easy, you know, I always say it's easy, it's easy to call the, call the plays when you've already seen the game, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's easy to go backwards and say, but, you know, you've been on this quest and I think this is really, and I think just the fact that, and the reality really that you're, you have the capacity to ask the question, I wonder what this could look like. You know, if it's different. I wonder what it looks like if I step into this other area of my life, you know, and keep owning who I am, you know, who God created us to be. I wonder what this would look like. It's just it's so powerful and inspiring. And I've loved hearing your story, obviously. Well, so. thank
0: you. And 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 I'm gonna tell you how critical your you personally, Daphne, have played mm-hmm. in the role of giving me the confidence to take this big leap. Mm, and it's a, it's amazing how full circle. So here's the deal. A, a couple years ago, I went to my mastermind group and told them that, hey, guys, I have a vision of the future and it, and it's going to sound crazy. And I think I may have only hinted at it here in this podcast and previous episodes. So if people, this may come as a shocker to some people to hear this, but I literally have a vision I, and I can't even say that it's actually a goal and a desire of mine because I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with who I will have to become and and the ways that I'll need to grow for this vision to come true. But it's a vision I can't shake. And when I have one-on-one conversations with tons of people, I feel led to tell them about this. And that vision is that one day I will be on stage in a stadium where 35 to 50,000 people came there to hear me speak.
1: <laughs> I love that vision.
0: And I have um I have decided and I I don't want to be the personality of Tony Robbins because I think we all are, are our own unique personality. Yeah. But when I say this statement, I'll explain it in just a moment, but I believe that my future is to be Tony Robbins the, the Tony Robbins for the next generation.
1: I, I can't. I'm almost speechless. <laughs> I love that vision, and you know, Cliff. I, I again, just the just the that you can even allow yourself to have that as a vision is really that that's really part of the leap. Like it's a different sort of form of wiring that we get into when we're willing to even entertain those sorts of um, possibilities for ourselves. Exactly.
0: And, and of course I hit, I get, as soon as I started thinking those things, I got hit with every limit limiting belief and all that yes. other stuff. It's like, who am I, you know, yes. blah, blah, blah. But then when I started thinking about this, like, well, who was Tony Robbins before he was Tony Robbins?
1: Exactly, you know,
0: and and it's like, and, <laughs> and 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 you know, why can't I live life big? Why do I have to play small? And and yeah. who who says I have to play it small? So I started to have these dream these dreams related to this, and 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 I would, and so I started sharing my mastermind group, and and I I got some really valuable advice the first time I kind of let this out of the bag. And they mm-hmm. said, well, Cliff, you know, you don't want to just completely shut things down on the podcast consulting. Maybe, you know, there's a transition. And, and I totally get that. And they said, you know, one thing everybody knows you for right now is the podcast answer, man. So mm-hmm. people don't necessarily know you for. Oh, and I told them, I said, yeah, I think the first step for me. This is what I told him. I said, the yeah. first step for me is not to go reserve the Paul Brown Stadium and invite people to come out. Uh, <laughs> the, but I do. I said the first I, I, I felt like the first step would be to have a million dollar weekend where I actually have 1000 people who pay $1,000 a piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to come to an event. And I thought that that might be my first step. And I'm like, I wonder if I could sell that. And, they, and they, they, came, they gave me some feedback that they thought that maybe that might be a stretch because, oh, they said it probably wouldn't be a stretch if that event was related to how to take your podcast to the next level, which, by the way, I've trained over 30,000 people on this earth how to launch a podcast. Wow. And over 700 of them I've done through podcasting A to Z and another thousand one one-on-one before that so that's amazing yeah so I, I, the, I have no doubt that I if I and by the way the number one requested thing is Cliff if there's one thing that I would give you another two thousand dollars for right now is another course like podcasting A to Z but it's taking your podcast to the next level how do I grow my audience how do I in, increase my mm-hmm. rankings how do I you know blah blah and, and I'm like yeah I know it's the number one thing people want from me and it's the least the, it I have zero passion to give it to anyone
1: I mean, and Cliff, that, that is really – this is where the work really starts, you know, is for us to step away from – because the truth is you could continue your, you know, your money income from that. You could continue having a thriving business from that, and that's really the tough work where we start to say, yeah, I could do that, and when I think about that, there's a part of my soul – that, <laughs> that, that to dies. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, uh, and, you know, if I can just say one other thing, Cliff, that I have really appreciated about you. And I want to tell you, you know, in this online world, there can be a lot of sort of, you know, and I'm going to use the word integrity. And I want to be really clear what I mean by the word integrity when I use it. But there can be sort of this lack of integrity, meaning people can, you know, you can hide behind the facade of social media, if you will. And one of the things that I learned very quickly about you was your high level of integrity. And what I mean by that is you, there is a wholeness to you. There is there is a, complete, a completeness and an alignment that I think is the resonance of you. And so there was just an immediate, you know, we kind of say, like, do people know you, trust you, and, you know, like you, that sort of thing. And there was just a resonance there. And I think when I, when I heard your, you know, past couple shows and where you were at with this big leap, there was a part of me was like, of course, because I think you're a person, my experience of you anyway, and this is my experience of you. So take it for what it's worth. But my experience of you is you're a person who can't allow himself to be out of alignment with himself for very long. So that when you bump up against these, like, yeah, I could do that. And you absolutely could. There's a part of you in your wiring that just doesn't allow that. And I think people feel that. And I think when we are starting to live our lives in greater alignment and integrity, wholeness and completeness with ourselves, people start to feel that. And of course, that draws people to you. Yep. <laughs> You're right. They want to be with you more. And um, there's just a part of you that just doesn't you don't sit in that space for too long before you go, wow, I'm really getting out of alignment with myself here. So I really honor that and you and acknowledge that. And and um, it's something that's very inspiring to me, too. And it's and it's scary.
0: <laughs> it, it is scary. It is scary. But I—I'll I, tell you, this is the least scary it's been so far. But it—but yep. it, but it's been a scary p- past two years as I've been contemplating this big leap. Even yeah. before I had the language, the the yes. boy having the language and the framework to understand what I've been going through—that's mm-hmm. eye-opening. So here's what happened I so I thought I went to my mastermind group and I said hey this is what I think I want to do a 1000 person event but it's not going to be podcast related. In fact yeah. it will be no session anywhere the word podcast may not even be spoken from the stage. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> I, you know, it's not a requirement, but that's not why I want people to come. I want I want to help people break through to the next level. And specifically at that moment, I was thinking I I think the next phase for me is helping people break free from a lifetime of employment when those people were never created to be an employee. Yeah, that that yeah. that, that w- what I love about podcasting and what's allowed me to continue to do podcasting A to Z is. Even though a little piece of my soul died each time I've done it over the last two years, which it, it, it takes a yeah. lot for me to say that now publicly, but it, it's the reality. The thing is, what's allowed me to stay alive and not and not be depressed all year long. Which, by the way, through these past two years, there's been some significant seasons of depression that has occurred, and I mm. believe those depre- those seasons of, of depression. Have happened as a result of a little piece of my soul dying. Yeah, and, and so what's happened was what's allowed me to continue to do it was that inside this group, I knew there are other people out there creating podcasts who are employees or who are who are actually trying to break free from employment. So they've got the day job or they've recently quit and they're actually already attempting to build a business around their podcast and 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 they're struggling and they're struggling in the same ways that I struggled in 2008 and 2009 which was a very terrible year and a half two years for us financially it was a it was an amazing year of of joy in our marriage and and joy in the work that I did and fulfillment but financially it was miserable. And so mm. I, my, my passion and what I said, I want this event to be about this 1000 person event is I want to take people who are trying to break free from a lifetime employment and to actually understand what it takes to have a responsible and profitable online business. And they said, Cliff, I love the vision, but I don't think you have the audience for it. I think that, that perhaps maybe you wanna start small and maybe, and, and I, I actually value this advice and, it, mm-hmm. and and this is, this is advice that I took to heart. And it was this. Cliff, I think the first step isn't a 1,000-person event. Why don't you do a small event for 10 or 12 people and see if 10 or 12, 10 or 12 people would pay you $1,000 per person for a, something not related to podcasting? And I said, thank you. I'm going to do that. And so I think it was June of 2014, I, I mm-hmm. put out there, I'm going to do a one-day business mastermind, and this is one day where we're going to help you take one area, one aspect of your business that you're struggling with, and we're going to break through to a whole new level of success in your business pursuits, and it's $1,000 per person. It was like three weeks' notice. People had already <laughs> made their And, and I was going to do it at, at in a hotel conference room at where Podcast Movement, the very first Podcast Movement was hosted. And people had already made their hotel arrangements and they've already got flights and stuff like that. And here I am saying, hey, you probably want to rearrange your travel schedule so that you can stay an extra day. And I put that sales page out, um, which there was a lot of nervousness doing it, but I did. Mm-hmm. And Daphne, you and five other people paid me $1,000 for that day.
1: I did. I, not only did I pay you $1,000, I changed my flight. So, you know, I, I, I saw it and I jumped right on it. <laughs> it was totally worth every penny, obviously. So, yeah, I did.
0: And so, and, and, and it's because of you and those other individuals that really s- helped me understand. And it was six people. So, it wasn't, I didn't hit, I wanted 12. I had six. But, hey, it was three weeks notice, okay? So, I, I'll give myself that. And mm-hmm. then, and, and like, okay, I felt, I've, and also I had my friend Mark Mason there as my weak, wingman. And it's interesting because I look back now and it's like, man, I almost, depended on him because and and i've uncovered a limiting belief that i had thought about myself that has completely been eradicated now and Mm -hmm. and it's actually a couple of them number one um i'm fundamentally flawed um (laughs) number two was i'm not worthy of a thousand dollars per person because i can't add enough value to these people's lives And number three, I need somebody else to bring the value to help deliver this. So I did another session um, in November of 2014. I I figured, hey, this is perfect. People are already coming to the platform conference that Michael Hyatt's doing. I went and asked him. I said, are you okay if I create an extra day-on-day event, day-long event to attach it with yours? He says, Cliff, go right ahead. I'll even promote it. And I'm like, awesome. And so... Ray, Ed, I invited Ray Edwards to do this with me because I still had that limiting belief. I don't, I can, you know, if it's just Cliff Ravenscraft, eh, you know, may, maybe, <laughs> but if, if it's Cliff and Ray, okay, then a thousand dollars, that's a no brainer. So, so I asked Ray if he would do it with me. He said, absolutely. So we did another one day business mastermind that it was more people that paid a thousand dollars a person than the first time. So, wow, I just did two events. With very short notice and in both cases people had changed their travel schedule to pay the thousand dollars to have the extra day and it was a 100% satisfaction rating both events. People you know it's like wow but again in my mind there's still part of it is like well part of that success was because of the value that Mark Mason brought and and then the second one was well part of that success was the part that Ray Edwards brought. You see mm-hmm. where that limiting beliefs came in and totally. th- and then of course something radical happened that year. Ken Davis, I think you probably know the story of, of how uh, he offered to mentor me in my physical health and transformation, and yeah. I made the decision then that I was going to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life, and in two th- th- things were so financially successful for me in 2012, 13, and 14, I mean, like, beyond my wild- wildest dreams at that time, successful, That Mm -hmm. I decided in 2015 to take the entire year off in my business and just put it on autopilot. And the only thing I would do is stay up on email, create podcast episodes, and I would do two sessions of podcasting A to Z. And that's all I did in 2015, which is why I never did those workshops here in my own studio. But then what happened... Daphne is 2015. Obviously, you can imagine there was a bit of a dip in income. I think it was September 2015, I started to get back to work. And the one thing I knew is I need to generate some income. Let's do this thing. And so what did I do? I went back to my zone of excellence and I I stayed there. Two years ago, I went to my group and I said, listen, things are going pretty well, you know, but I'm thinking I want to get back into these live events. I want to go back towards that And I'm thinking I might want to do something crazy. In fact, I'm going, and I went to my mastermind group and I said, listen, I want to let you know, I just rebranded the podcast answer man to the Cliff Ravenscraft show podcast answer man as the name of this podcast is done. And they're like, Ray Edwards wasn't on in our call that week. So he doesn't get thrown under the bus, but, um, (laughs) But everybody's like, "Whoa, hold the phone here! Let's let's talk you off the ledge here. This is why you want to." And basically, it's like these are all the reasons why it makes sense for you to stay inside of your zone of excellence until you have a very clear plan of how you're going to transition. And uh. I and I agreed to do that. And the thing is is here's the deal. Before I got on that mastermind call, I was already convinced that I was going to stop podcasting A to Z. I was going to stop being known as the podcast answer man as my primary identity and moving forward I would I would and I did not have the language until this past 2 weeks. I would have the optimal anxiety required to creatively do the new things that would replace all that income.
1: Yeah, isn't but, that funny?
0: So I got so excited about all the new things I was going to do. But when I decided that I would slowly ramp those up while doing A to Z, then then all of a sudden my passion died and died and died and died. And I've coasted and coasted and coasted. And I made zero progress on any of the other stuff. And I continued to maintain my zone of excellence where, quite honestly, a part of me has died every single time since then.
1: Well, I was so happy to hear that you weren't, well, you were no longer going to teach A to Z. <laughs> because I knew that was you. Really, I mean, it was a big announcement and it was you really stepping into that. You know, what you're talking about, Cliff, where you had that sort of like, I'm really there, I'm really there and oh, fear. Right. You can hear the voices of fear. And I even, you know, it was funny because I even saw on one of your Facebook posts where someone said, hey, are you really sure about this? You know, Cliff, are you really sure? Um, Because it it does seem there's sort of this part of us and it's very primal, of course, but there's this part of it that's just like, play it safe, you know, stay where you're safe. Um, and so I, I can completely relate to that. And I can't even tell you all the stories that I went through in my journey as well of, of getting really clear and having these moments of clarity. And then, and then the, either the voice in my own head or someone else's voice saying like, you know, are you sure? <laughs> we go right back to where we stepped, so, where, we were, where we came from. So, yeah.
0: What was exciting for me is to know what were the results of the people who attended those workshops, those those one-day business masterminds. Yeah. And, and, to, and to continue to stay in touch with people like Heather Bear and yourself and all the others who had gone through those one-day business masterminds and to, to run into you at events and, and just other places and then to hear you tell me how much change has happened in, as, your, as a result of the catalyst that took place in those one-day events inspired yeah. me that I need to do more of that. So I was talking with some friends and specifically I was having a lot of conversations with Ray Edwards and so he says, "Cliff, when are you going to start those workshops again?" And and so I I said I'm going to do this workshop. And here's the funny part. I said, "Okay guys, I'm I want to do a workshop. It's going to be in 4 weeks from now. I'm going to do 3 of them before the end of this year." And it's going to be How to Build an Online Business Around Your Podcasting Efforts. And I got onto the call, and I said, "But I'm really concerned about number one: will people pay a thousand dollars? Number two: uh, will people want to travel to Cincinnati? And number three: because it's not Orlando, it's not you know all these (laughs) other, it's not sunny San Diego. Um, You know, will people to travel? And it's and it's just a couple weeks away. And I so I went to my group, and I said, I'm already nervous about this. What do you guys think? And they said, Well, if you're nervous, why don't you instead of doing the podcasting or the business thing?" Why don't you go ahead and do the thing that everybody know that you know that they want, that you would pack the thing in, in one email, you would pack the entire thing out. And that is, why don't you create next level podcast? And, and so <laughs> during that mastermind call, by the end, I went into the call super excited, but very nervous with lots of anxiety and fear, but still yeah. very excited. And at the end of that call, I had made the decision that they were right. I should probably go ahead and create a next level podcasting course. And uh and guess what happened? For the next ten days I did nothing. I <laughs> I did I didn't do anything. I didn't nothing at all. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, forget it. And by the way, my wife is like, forget what they said. You need to do this one. And so I said, okay. So so I said, I'm and I went to the group and I said, listen. I am not going to do what I told you guys I was going to do. I'm going to build the. I'm going to do building an online business. And now there's only three weeks left. I'm more nervous, but who cares? If I only have two people, then we're going to have two people. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having six, and it was awesome. And and I asked at, at the end of the event, I did a post workshop survey. This was when everybody went home. The high of being here has worn off. So okay. it's, it's like several days later and I ask them to complete a survey about their experience. And the very final question is this, knowing what you know about this event and what you got out of it, knowing that I plan on doing more of those in the same space, knowing that it's limited to no more than 12 people at a time, how much should I charge for future sessions of this same exact workshop? Now, they had all paid $1,000 a piece. I gave them an option, $9.99, 1499, or 1999. Mm-hmm. Four of them said I should charge two thousand, and the other two said I should charge fifteen hundred. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, oh, and by the way, I wanted to have a special guest and like come in via Skype to give me that added value. And 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 uh, that didn't happen. So I was a little bit nervous, you know, can I pull off the value? And here's what happened. The, the right after everybody left, um, that afternoon after everybody had, had left to go travel back home, I said to myself and then texted four of my closest friends saying, wow, that is the most exciting thing I've ever done in my business. <laughs> and then I told Stephanie if I could do one of those a month every month next year, number one, I used the phrase I would never have to do podcasting A to Z again, yeah. nor would I want to.
1: Yeah, oh, that's so good. You know, can I? So can I share? Would this be a time to yes, share? please. Okay. So, so what happened in June? You had the the workshop, and you sent out a message. You know, doing this workshop, and I. There was a part of me that was like, you know, I wasn't just getting started in my online business and I was like, yeah, I'd like, you know, but I wonder if there, and and actually the dates of the workshop didn't work for me, for my schedule, I was already traveling. And so I messaged you and I said, you know, those dates don't work. Is there another time that you would have available? And then around that same, I think it was almost coincidentally, you had sent out a message that says, you know, I'm going to do, oh, there's a spot for a (laughs) one-on-one, like one day thing. And, you know, with you like one-on-one and that, I I just, you know, it's that same moment Cliff. of like, that's what I'm going to do. And spending, when I got there to spend that day with you, and it was just you and I, um, which was just so life-giving to me, but more so what was so, what was really the life-giving part was, I don't know if you recall, I'm sure you probably do because it was wired in your body at that point, but you were so excited Yes. Like you were so alive. And you were like, this is what happened. And you know, we spent some time. Like I got to just savor that moment with you of you sharing with me what happened in the workshop and having those people in your in you know, in your studio and 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 doing that and really giving your gift to those people. And that's the part, you know, again, when you get aligned, that's the part and when we get in our genius, that's what it feels like. You know, it doesn't feel like effort. It doesn't feel like, Ugh, but, you know, I can do this and it, and it feels good and I know I'm helping people, but it doesn't feel that fulfilling. You know, yep. um, there's some effort behind it. So you were just so excited. And I I remember that in particular.
0: Yeah, for sure. Exactly, yeah. and and the fun thing is, is and I hope you don't mind that I share this, but uh, I, and by the way, we're not live, so I can edit all of this out if you want me to. No, oh, no,
1: share whatever it's so, so, called. So
0: right as I, right at the same time, I'm getting ready to create these workshops because I know I want to do something that that makes me come alive. Um, yeah. Another thing that I told my friend Ray, I said I I want to do. I, I want to do more one-on-one mentoring, but I don't want to do, you know, the whole just one-off hour things. I want to do something where I have the ability to really pour into someone, mm. and and so I already have these mentor you know, I, uh, very selectively I choose people for my three-month mentoring package, but... I said, I'd like to have a day where, you know, where people come and spend an entire day with me, or, me here in the studio. And Ray says, I do that. And he says, this is, you know I won't say how much he charges, but you guys can reach out to Ray Edwards at RayEdwards.com and ask him. <laughs> um, and as I was talking, he's like, Cliff, well, I do this. And, and he told me how much he charges and how those things run and stuff like that. And I said, well, that's exactly what I want to do. He's, he goes, I call it a day with Ray. And, and, and I'm like, well, he says, you should do it. Is just call it a day with Cliff. And mm-hmm. and so I said, yeah. And so I had a number in my, a price in my mind that I was thinking. Ray had a price in his mind and, and he's, and so we decided to share our price. And so he said, you should charge 10,000 and I was at 5,000. And as we were talking about why we chose the rates that we did, we both agreed that in the back of our mind, as we were talking, that the exact rate that we should, that I should start this is definitely $7,500. <laughs> and so like it was literally three days before you emailed me to ask me you know is there any chance we could do something one-on-one yeah and and i'm like well yes there is and it's <laughs> called the day with cliff package and it's seven thousand five hundred dollars and you said i'm in let's put this on the calendar and i'm like thank you god wow <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, you know, there was a, you, there, there's a little bit of nervousness. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the most I've ever been paid. But at the same time, I, I, I honestly believed that I would definitely bring that value because I knew that I had to, that's a part of who I am. I, I, yes. if I say that I'm going to deliver something of such value, then it, it, it causes me to perform, Yep. And, and it called, that, that experience with you caused me to grow more than most anything else that I've done because it's the most I've put out there as to say, and it's also saying, it, it was me saying to myself, I'm worth this. Yeah, And I'm yeah. like, wow, what an eye-opening experience. And I want to <laughs> tell you one other story. <laughs> um and the story is is that um I I had already decided that I would do an August session and November session so I already had a lot of people said Cliff I can't come in June in three weeks from now it's very short notice but if you have more of these please let me know and so I had already sold all I had sold eight spots at nine ninety nine for my June for my August session mm. and I had already sold four spots. Uh, in my November session for 999. So I knew people wanted this, but I had changed the price right after I got that survey to $2000. Two, All oh, right. So two things had happened. Number one, I'm I'm changing my price to 2000. I'm like, okay, will people pay $2000 for this? And by the way, I was fully confident in t- 2000 cuz I went I, on the second day or actually after the first day of the workshop, I thought to mm-hmm. myself, "Wow, I am giving this stuff away." If these people walk away and do what I've just shared with them, they'll have at least a 10x return, and that's probably being very conservative. Yeah. And so that was awesome. And so, the, and the second thing is, is for my August session. I had reached out to a close personal friend of mine who is a – everybody who's hearing our voice would know his name. He's a celebrity in the space. And I had already got him on the schedule like months earlier that he would come in and do a one-hour session via Skype for my group. Mm-hmm. And you know what I did? I didn't, And I never told anybody that this was g- going to be a part of the, any of these workshops. It was going to be a surprise guest to bring that extra value. Remember I told you I struggled with thinking I was enough? Yeah, I went to that celebrity, and trust me, there are people who would have actually paid $5,000 to have an opportunity to have this one-on-one Skype session with this person. Yeah, I canceled that meeting. I canceled that scheduled appointment. I said, listen, I appreciate so much that you are willing to do this for me, but if you don't mind, I'm going to cancel. I believe that I can pull this off on my own, and it's important for me to do so.
1: That's so good. I mean you know and the point the the real heart of the matter with that cliff is that you know it's it's totally fine to have another person show up right i mean yeah. that's totally fine in and of itself but what you were really diving into was the context you know of how you were perceiving yourself that oh i'm i'm bringing this other person in because i don't feel worthy within myself and that's again that 's part of the big leap' <laughs> you were you looked at that and you said, "You know maybe at some point I will have a person come in, but right now, the way that i 'm thinking and feeling about this isn 't the best context, and I need to work through me being the person who's really providing the value right now for yeah. myself, you know, and I think that's really the 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 take home message of that, and all these all these parts of your story. And how you're paying attention to like, how am I thinking about this? How am I being with this? And where am I continuing to leap, 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 leap all the way through that um, as you're expanding sort of into your, you know, living your greatest self, being your greatest self and not just for you. But when you're doing that, it's infectious to everybody else. Yeah. You know, it's helping everyone. And I think that's the real beauty in watching this and and watching you unfold in that way. At least I enjoy it. So
0: <laughs> and, and I'm 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 discovering that this is what most people have been subscribed to this podcast for for years anyway. Yeah. And yeah, and, I, and and, I, I and I've agree. known that. People have said that, but to believe it is a whole nother thing and and I I am fully embracing the reality of who I am and the value I add to this world with my unique gift and talent that is my zone of genius, which I clearly understand and have defined and written down I know exactly what it is that is my zone of genius.
1: Mm, That's a gift. Yes. (laughs) That's a gift. You know, I think, and I think that's the part as you've been, you know, on your journey and, and I think for many people, you know, anyone listening to the show has been on their journey, the more willingness you have, and that's the first step is to just get willing. Like, am I even willing to know what my zone of genius is? And you have surrounded yourself with people who are willing to give you feedback, who are, you know, meaning not only your mastermind group, but people in your community, people that listen to you, people showing up to you and going, hey, Cliff, you can charge more for this. I mean, that these are all those pieces of feedback that you're willing to receive as well as, you know, willing to take action on that we can get over time. And I think that's the part when things kind of don't go our way and and we can sort of get stuck in that versus going, okay, this is just feedback for me. Yeah. Like maybe I'm intended to go a different direction here. And yeah. can I be with that, you know? Yeah. Um it's really powerful. And yeah. for
0: for for those members of my mastermind group that are tuned in, which I know they are, um, I just want to say something in their defense. That I completely understand why they gave me all the advice they did, and and I'm actually incredibly thankful for it. And and honestly, I I think that they were right to cause me to second guess everything two years ago, mm-hmm. and because there because of that, I've I've done some things. Yes, I've done a lot more podcasting a disease I believe than I should have, but the reality is is that there are some things that I did do that have led to me uh finding even greater success when I did pull the trigger. So it's like I yeah. knew in the back of my head it's like listen I'm not always going to be the podcast answer man. And and I instead of thinking oh in 5 to 10 years from now I'm going to do this, my friend Ray Edwards is like you whenever you talk about this vision of the future you have you always say 10 to 20 years or 5 to 10 years. <laughs> Why isn't it next year? And I'm like okay. it's like listen I I I'm moving up the timetable. So yeah. I'm thinking when I announced to the world that I'm, you know, I might possibly shut down podcasting A to Z in 2019, I hope to not do any. In 2018, yeah. I might have to do three as I transition because I don't know about, you know, how I'm going to replace the income doing encouraging people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, That's so, awesome. so, so, how, so, so I, I might have to do a couple but I hope, you know, but it might not happen. Certainly this session and you know, in September and the one in December would, m- could possibly be the last one. And then, then finally I, I had a you know, what is that called a, um, uh, a case a, a momentary case of sanity or something like that. So, yeah. and so, <laughs> okay. and so I, I finally decided it's like, well, for, wait a second. No, there's going to be zero podcasting A to Z in, um, in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so certainly, uh, you know, the one in December would definitely be my last one if I even do that one at all. And so I'm writing this email to my mailing list of like, this could possibly be my last one, but in full disclosure, you know, I might possibly do one more this year. And and, and then I'm like, what? No, okay, wait a second. This is the last one. And then it's time for me to market this final session of podcasting A to Z. And I finally decided this is the last one. And, yeah. and I sat there literally from 10 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in, g- in the afternoon trying to come up with how to write the email. And the reason why I was having a hard time that many hours to write, you know, three paragraphs about this final session of A to Z is because I had already had four people who had paid $2,000 a piece. And I spent all of that time contemplating, do I refund the $8,000 to those four students and tell oh, them, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm done. And, yeah. and I told my wife and I told my kids, I said, no, Cliff, you've made a commitment. You told those people that you'd do that. And there's a bunch of other people you want to give them this last opportunity. I'm like, okay, I agree with that. I say all of that to share this, that I was real. the only reason I said there might be more next year and there might be one more this year is because, well, I, I don't know where I'm going to replace the income. You know, yeah. this, when, it, when an 80% of my income comes from one thing that I do and and it's one thing i know that's repeatable guaranteed it's a minimum $240,000 of year of income which is it, that averages out averages out to $20,000 per month which is a very important number to remember yeah so here's the thing it's sick it's it's unlimited access to me as your personal coach for 4 weeks for 20 people at a time that's mm-hmm. 6 months of the year that everything in my business is devoted to 20 people at a time and if you consider all the time that I spend marketing that be- between each of those sessions, it's literally taking up a minimum of eight months of my year every year to generate right. two hundred and forty thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, well, well, isn't that that resp- I means shouldn't you have to work to generate income? And and you know, do you know how many people would love to have any stream of income that could do that? And <laughs> and they work a whole lot ho- harder than you. Blah, blah blah. It's like, well, wait a second. That's not how I need to think about this. the The thing is, is that. I, I'm like, okay. There's got to be a way, and and the first thing that came to my mind is, well, here's the thing: if I if I didn't market A to Z nonstop year round, and I wasn't doing six months of my life, you know, in A to Z, yeah. I could probably spend time marketing my workshops. And if I could, if I would do more than just building a business around your podcast, I would do other topics as well, and mm-hmm. I would do more one day business masterminds and I've got room for 12 people and at $2,000 a piece, if I did one live event in my studio at a time, this is, by the way, this thought only occurred to me after I said I'm done with A to Z.
1: Yeah, I I mean, there's so much good stuff.
0: Only, (laughs) Only after I decided I'm shutting off the 240K, optimal anxiety kicks in and says, hey, what are you gonna do to replace that? And I said, well, if I do one workshop per month That's $24,000 per month in income. So I could either spend eight months of my year to generate $20,000 per month on average, or I could generate $24,000 a month working one weekend per month.
1: And by the way, doing it, doing something that's in your zone of genius. I mean, this is the whole, right? It's like, you know, again, we can get, I mean, there's so much good stuff. Through your story clip, around you know, noticing how your mind wanted to figure it out, like it wanted its security first, which is really normal for us as humans. Like, we want to know we're going to be able to feed ourselves, you know, and our family, right? Um, and take care of things. But your mind really wanted to try to have that all figured out ahead of time and it couldn't do it. Yep. And right. And then you got aligned with yourself and you said, okay, no, I am stopping. And you did. And then you're like, oh, well, there's all this time and flexibility and I can do this. And here's the thing. Let's pretend, let's pretend that you only made $200,000 next year. Let's just pretend. As a matter of fact, let's pretend that you only made $180,000 next year or whatever, right? Let's cut your income by 25%. Yep. The good news is you will be doing that all in your zone of genius.
0: And, and I will be, I will have greater love, success and abundance in my life. Bingo.
1: Bingo. And you'll be full of of the true, you know, joy, the true the true vibrancy that you actually are. That's you know, you will be living exactly what you were intended to live and why you were put on this planet. That's the part that really that we skip over you know and it's pretty it's pretty wired in us and you know, I think in our western culture specific in particular you know wired in us around really hanging on to the money and, and being sort of um, the, the scarcity that comes up around that and it's pretty normal and to be able to sit with ourselves long enough to get quiet to really like feel into what's really happening for us and to, and to want to know you know what our genius is and to want to live that is a, it's a big deal Yep. It's a big deal. And um, and by the way, I just wanted to sort of ground that. You know, you said like it's like two years you knew this. You know, I remember before I left my corporate job, I knew for four years actually before I left. And I had to do a whole lot of, you know, I was originally a physical therapist. I had to let a whole lot of letting go, letting go, letting of who I thought I was, what I thought I was going to be doing with myself. I had this degree that I had just spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, all, all the stuff, you know, that we can make up. And so it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is. But an exciting one. Yeah.
0: So the cool thing is, is that I have nine other streams of income that any single one of them would generate $20,000 a month alone. All of them would take a fraction of the time. But I want to tell you the one that's most exciting to me. Okay. So uh, my friend Ray Edwards just did an event down in Nashville, Tennessee at this place called The Factory. Best live event venue I've ever seen for a 300 to 350 person event. It was yeah. incredibly awesome, and and so I was so inspired, and so as soon as I made this decision, it's like, okay, I know one thing I want to do is I want to have my first 300 to 350 person event at that place in 2019, so I decided to go down to Nashville this past weekend because my friend Jeff Goins was hosting his conference called The Tribe Conference in the same venue in the same hall, and I just decided I would go down For a couple reasons. Number one, I wanted to operate in my zone of genius and actually do uh, what happened naturally at raise events, which is raise event, which was I I wasn't there to speak. Not everybody even knew who I was, but I literally had the opportunity to have one-on-one conversations with people, and I helped them discover some of their limiting beliefs they didn't know they had. We helped Mm -hmm. eradicate them on the spot, and I helped them actually see the roadblocks to their financial abundance that came from their conditioning and programming and helped them actually be, you know, expand their mindset of what might be possible to turn up their financial thermostat. It was incredible. <laughs> so that's one reason why I went. But the other reason I went down there is because I was thinking, I was like, I want to go and see how somebody else does an event in the same space so that when I do this in 2019, then I'll be, I'll be ready. Yeah. And so I go down And the first people that I see are Matt and Lauren Brady. Now, Matt and Lauren Brady are the people who have always done the production for all the conferences for Ken Davis and Michael Hyatt. So all the platform conferences, the SCORE conferences, which, by the way, have always been the single best conference experiences I've ever been to. Always top-notch, super awesome. This couple, I love them. And and mm. I trust them immensely, and when I saw that Lauren and Matt were behind doing the production of Jeff's conference there in that venue, that they said, "Hey, yeah, so we're actually we're actually breaking out and we're doing event planning now, um, and we're we're turning it into our full time thing. We're going out on our own," and I'm like, "You're kidding wow. me." And so, yeah, and so, and Lauren says, so when are you going to do an event? And I said, well, that's exactly why I'm here. So in 2000, and she goes, oh, dude, you so got that. You can do it. Matt and I want to do your event. And I'm like, dude, if I'm going to do an event now that I know that you're, I'm, I'm using you guys. So here's the deal. I'm in the event, and I loved how Jeff had it set up Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. It yep. was incredibly awesome. And I went to Matt, and I said, Matt, I got to ask you a question. He says, what's that? I said, if I wanted you to duplicate everything that you see here, I mean, I'm talking about every piece of furniture that you rented to put in the back room, all of the chairs, the food, every for the VIP premium ticket, um, everything that you see, every single bit of it, as much, I mean, I want every penny. How much would it cost me? And he says, Would you want with the speakers or without the speakers? I want to know the numbers without the speakers because I'll negotiate the speakers myself. He yeah. says, $50,000. And I said, how many people is this set up for right here? And he says, this is set for 300. There's not quite 300 people here, but it's set for 300. We could probably do 350. But here's the deal, I personally have this standard. I I watched Tony Robbins enough that I've raised my standards. My minimum, I will not do anything for less than $1,000 a person. So I'm going to do an event in this space for $1,000 per person, it sells There's 300, so that's $300,000. My cost for Matt and Lauren to do everything is $50,000. And I decided, Matt, I want you to look to tell me when that what dates are available this time next year in this venue because I'm hosting an event here and I want you to do it. I am going to make $250,000, which by the way, is more money than I made with A to Z in one weekend.
1: I love it. <laughs> well, then it's done. It's done. It's done. So it's done.
0: I, I'm already I'm already working with Matt on the dates for next year. I already have six speakers who have confirmed. I've already wow. f- four of them were confirmed at the event. So six six of the ten that I've talked to have already said yes. Not only that, I've already sold thirteen tickets. Now I haven't collected their money but i've 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 only told thirteen people one on one about this so far, one hundred percent of every person I told about the conference said, "Cliff, I will buy the ticket as soon as it's available." Here's what I told them i said here's the the this event is designed for somebody who has lived a lifetime as an employee, yeah." but who has created a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel, or some other creative endeavor because they felt like, even though they they have a successful career and they're not looking to change anything because that's their comfort zone, but they mm-hmm. feel like they need to put some kind of message out into the world. So specifically for those people who have created something like that, and then all of a sudden, because of the interaction with people and they they start to come fully alive, one day out of nowhere a thought crept up that they probably some people still haven't even said out loud yet but that's that question i wonder what life would be like if i did this for a living instead of what i'm doing now and so there's already conferences out there for like this right yeah, but sure, of course. So, so many of those conferences are, though. This is, okay, so this is how you decide what your niche topic is. This is how you do your email marketing campaign. This is how you create this. It's the technical, the ins, the outs, and stuff like that. There'll be a little bit of that in here because I think it makes sense to put it in. But I'm going to tell my speakers, and I've already told the ones that have confirmed, I said this, and there are two purposes for this event. Number one, this event will help people discover exactly what limiting beliefs that they hold that they're not even quite aware of. Some of them they'll be aware of, but there's going to be other limiting beliefs that they have that they're not even aware of. We're going to help them discover which of those limiting beliefs they have and how to eradicate them from their life forever. That's purpose number one. Purpose number two, we're going to help them discover, our attendees, we're going to help them discover why... They are 100% responsible for the roadblocks that they have placed in their life that are keeping them from the financial abundance that's available to them and how it's the result of their programming and conditioning from, a, from childhood. And for most of us, it's, it has a lot to do with our faith background.
1: <laughs> it's so exciting. You know, again, just stepping into this, stepping into like who you are. You know, and we and I say that sort of cavalier, like you're just going to step into who you are, um, and it's a progress, and it's a it's a process. You know, we're we are a process, not sort of a static thing, um, that we tr- we try to think we're a static thing, but we're really a process, and and living on the planet, and again, creating this environment where people can go. And have a moment, you know, like going on your journey, on your retreat, you know, to this conference and finding out those things about themselves and looking deeper and digging deeper. And I am a huge fan of the um, of what I call 100 percent responsibility, um, which Gay Hendricks, who is the author of The Big Leap, uh, writes about emphatically and his wife, Katie, and, you know, really taking responsibility. And what that means is, you know, really seeing like how we are and this is a radical notion, but how we are creating the results that we're getting consciously or unconsciously. I'm super excited I'll be there Sweet. very excited
0: <laughs> awesome I would love to jump into Einstein time
1: I would love it my favorite concept so I, favorite
0: I've concept. been doing most of the talking here I will just say this last night I reread the chapter on Einstein time <laughs> I'm only beginning to grasp it um, and I would love for you just to just to freeform and share with us. T- please explain Einstein time for those of us who have bought the book and have read it at least two or three times. Daphne, explain Einstein time to us.
1: Okay. Well, you know, as you know, Cliff, I'm a huge fan of this book, you know, which is how we, you know, we started connecting around. This. We were connected before, but then I realized you read the book and, you know, and, and it's sort of this chapter about time sort of seems when you're reading the book, I don't, I don't know if you had this experience or not, but it, it kind of feels like it comes out of left field. You know, you're reading about genius and limiting beliefs and all, and all of a sudden there's this chapter about time. And he, here's the statement that I, made, and it says right from the chapter, I'm, probably, I'm paraphrasing it actually, but it says, "He, you know, Gay Hendricks says, you will never have enough time to do the things that you don't want to do. And Cliff, you were speaking to this when you were like, oh, I, you know, I said I was going to do this. I'm really excited about this workshop and I'm going to do this. And then I, you know, got this other input and I was like, and then I never did anything for 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And so. There's this, this, again, this way that we look at, and you know I'll get into clock time and the construct of time here in a minute, but the whole point is that when we're living our life out of alignment, in our zones of excellence, what we start to experience life like in a lot of ways is, is a, as, as a have to. You know, I have to make the kids' lunches. I have to get the report done. I have to respond to these emails. I, you know, and I work in, with organizations and leaders in organizations, and their world, when they get the more out of alignment they get, the further they get away from their zone of genius, the more it starts showing up as a have to, and the more time, they, the more that we start to experience ourselves being at the effect of time. And it's really an interesting, it's really, you know, if we just pay attention to our own experience of, you know, how many times do you find yourself saying like, oh, I don't have time to do that. You know, I don't have time to make this video for my newsletter, which is something I really want to do. I have to do all these other things first. Um, you know, oh, I don't have enough time to stop and talk to you and connect with you right now. I've got to get onto this other thing. And so we start really having this experience of feeling compressed, feeling, you know, what I kind of call it the squeeze and we use, and this is the key, and this comes back to hundred percent responsibility. What's really crazy Cliff. And we, when we really check in with our own experience is we start to see how we start using this construct of time unconsciously as an excuse for not stepping in fully to our genius it's a way that we can wire ourselves to sort of say like, I don't have time to do this thing that's really important to me. Um, I have to, in quotes, do all of these other things. And we really start living at the effect of this idea of time. And so I really had a deep appreciation when Gay wrote this book that he put this, he had figured out, (laughs) but through through his own experience, that there was a way that he kept himself sort of trapped um, at and at the effect of time and use time as an excuse so that he didn't really have to step into what was happening for him and where he was really intended to use his minutes and his hours and his days and his weeks um, and months so that's sort of the basic wiring around time, the relationship that we can have to it. Now, this idea of Einstein time, then he gives this contrast, which I really appreciate as well. When we, when we look at sort of the Newtonian way of living, um, there's only so much daylight, you know, there's going to be so much nighttime, there's only going to be so much money, there's, you know, it's it, it we sort of live in this scarcity idea that there will never be enough. So much so that you know, for Cliff, for me to get my needs met, and I think we see this in our entrepreneurial world, you know, for me to get my needs met means that you can't get your needs met. There's only so much to go around. Um, and you better get all that you can because, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't get yours, you know, then you're going to um, lose out. And it's sort of like we can live life as, a, you know, the, the idea that I use is, is musical chairs. You know, I don't know if you ever played that game. Yep. I think it's it's a dreadful game. <laughs> It's like the worst game ever, because you'll be the odd man out. You'll be left out without a chair, and so that's the Newtonian way of looking at things. And so we can look at time the same way that there's only so much, and you know it's going to be used up, and you're never going to have enough. Or sometimes we get to the space where we have too much, um, and we're bored. You know, we're not using our creativity and our and our you know energetic gifts. So. When we start stepping into more of the Einsteining way of looking at it, we start to see that it's really, again, how we're perceiving time and that we're really creating. We're creating our world around time. We can actually have as much time as we'd actually like to have to do the things that are important to us. Um, we can actually have as much space as we would like to have to, to do the things and live the life that we want to live. Um, and so it really is a totally different way of looking um, at our relationship to our life and space, and this idea of the clock, which is by the way, completely made up. <laughs> like, it might as well have a fifteen on it. you know we, we just kind of made it up because it made you know, over history, it made sense to have a number one through twelve on it. Um, well
0: I, it, it almost make it, it. It, it makes sense i mean it it almost is required for you and I to be doing what we're doing now. So, for example, um i i don't know another way for you and i to synchronous, synchronistically um align with one another at the time that we did today so for example it's tuesday september 19th and yeah. we agreed to come together at 1 p.m. eastern time so Correct. so it, without that i don't know how we would have you know it's like if it's like will you show up when when you feel like it's right and i show up when <laughs> i feel like it's right that that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen
1: yeah. And, and you're exactly right. So it does have its utility. Yep. Yes. I mean, it really does. Um, Now, what's true is there was a way that people synced up with themselves before there was a clock. Was You there? and I just don't know that because we've never lived without a clock. Sure. What? I mean, there was a sundial, you know, there were all these sort of ways that people sort of so, kept track. So the
0: sundial of, is, is still, it's still, you know, there's a, it's, it's it still had eight, a, rhythm. a rhythm to it. But it, it wasn't like, hey, it, you know, it, it's, it's, for example, I texted you. Um, just before one o'clock and said hey we're on our way back from lunch i might be there at 105 i i, I we're gonna be home around 105 and mm-hmm. so if we still had the sundial you know the shade the shading wasn't <laughs> going to give us the increment and so you know if, if i showed up at 105 instead of one you probably it would have been a time window that's instead of so precise is that maybe what you're saying yeah yeah
1: absolutely i mean there's a precision to it that we that we can appreciate you know and that we again it has a value you. But think about, well, let's just use this as a real life example. You know, when you realized at some point you realized, oh, you know, it doesn't look as though I'm going, my intention was to meet at one Eastern time. It doesn't look as though I'm going to be there um, right at one. So I'm going to let Daphne know. Now, did you get yourself really constricted around that and like really worried and you were...
0: I I love this because here's the deal. I read this chapter again last (laughs) night before I went to bed, and I've I've already promised myself I will never say I don't have enough time. I will never say I have to get there in time for that. In fact, at one o or no at twelve o seven p.m. I went upstairs, and Stephanie had Stephanie was reading this morning. She's still in her pajamas, and at one o seven, I said, "Stephanie, I'm going to Chipotle." I have a I have a call at one o'clock with Daphne, but I'm going to Chipotle for lunch. Would you like to go? She goes. Well, I'm not dressed yet. Do you have time? And I said, I've got all the time in the world. You know, do you want to yeah. go? And so she goes and gets dressed, and and we drive, and and I'm literally at Chipotle, and it's like 20 minutes till till mm-hmm. one o'clock. And, and I'm tempted, I'm tempted to be rushed and constricted and, and to have a tightness in my stomach. And you know what I did? Now, this only makes sense to somebody who's read the book and also has read it thoroughly enough to understand what's being said in this chapter. But I yeah. literally decided to fill the space that I was in and I, I embraced the moment at that moment, and I fully was connected with Stephanie and the fact that we were there. And in one thought, little tiny thought that says, Hey, if I'm not going to make it in time, I have connections to, I have means of sending a message to Daphne to let her know I might be five minutes late. Now, the funny thing is, now, I read the thing, and even the example of the guy on the train and blah, 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 and that, you know, his coworkers were late, and he reveled in it for a little bit, right? (laughs) So, so, and and again, if you read the book, guys, and go back and read that chapter, you'll understand. But here's the deal. We get in the car, and and I'm like, here's you want to hear something wild, Daphne? Because of this, I gave the keys to Stephanie. I said, here, you drive. Do you want to know Why? Because because if I would have drove, I would have been tempted to rush home at a speed that was more than probably necessary. But instead, I gave the keys to Stephanie and said, here, you drive. And also so I could text you and let you know that I might be there at 105. (laughs) If I would have not given her the keys, I wouldn't have needed to text you. I would have been here on time. The interesting thing, though, is I texted you and I said, I think we're going to be home around 105. So I might be five minutes late. The interesting thing is we did not rush and Stephanie took her time as she was finishing her meal and that was perfectly fine and had a wonderful conversation with her. And I literally, we pulled into the driveway at 1259.
1: Isn't that something? And then messaged me and said, I'm here, you know, like 101 or whatever it was. And and again, you know, that's a choice about how you want to relate to this idea of what I call clock time. Right. So there's I think there are rhythms and then there's clock time. And when we start really honoring our rhythms, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this in yourself already, Cliff, too. You know, you're aware of like your rhythms of when you're going to be at your most creative or what it's going to feel like as you move through your day. And the clock can be our friend in that way (laughs) or it also can we can just live at the effect of it. Um, And it's a real different deal to sort of sit and, you know, you can feel your, like you talked about this constriction that we get into and the way we compress around it. And then you miss out on the space with Stephanie as well. And then when you show up to me, by the way, then you're really constricted. You're not, you don't have access. You're in a fear pattern essentially is what's happening. You don't have access to your best creativity and thinking anyway. So now imagine if you're really constricted, you show up on the call with me and we're just not present. You know, you're not present. Um, And that has an impact on us as well and the people that we're we're surrounding, you know, that we're around. So um, I really appreciate you for even, you know, for playing with that. And, you know, the other part that I think is worthy of mentioning here, too, which he doesn't talk about this specifically in the book, but I, I see this in myself. And you kind of mentioned it, too. You know, this is part of our conditioning is to sort of be at the effective time. And to sort of live, we get, we get big hits of adrenaline when we get kind of, you know, racked up around time. And it's a way that we um, can exhaust ourselves, <laughs> quite honestly, most of the time through the day. And when we're in a fear pattern, that really can start to to take over. And again, it is part of our conditioning. We can, can, we've can we been conditioned around that, like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know, I watch parents with their kids, hurry up, get your shoes on, get your coat on, we got to get out the door, um, and feeling like we don't have enough space. So it, it's a practice for sure. It is a practice.
0: I, I still want to hear a little bit more about this time thing, but I, I just want to share something with you. Um, currently, ever since I've read this book, I've not made a to-do list at the beginning of my day.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And That's then, interesting. Now, the thing is, is that... This has been kind of on my mind ever since the first time I landed myself in the hospital in January 2009, uh, mm. which came from a whole year of stress. Uh, from, yeah. yeah, so much. <laughs> but anyway, the interesting thing was how many things that were on my to do list that, quote unquote, had to get done. And there wasn't enough time in the day. And I was, I mean, I I had just spent an entire year working. Well, for the first nine months of 2008, I worked 14 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week without a day off. That was the first nine months of 2008. That's the first year I did my business. And then I finally, after nine months, I took one day a week off. And I agreed that to take that day a week off, I would increase the number of hours I'd worked the other six and so, <sighs> so I ended I almost died in the hospital in January two thousand nine. But do you want to know what happened? I was in the yeah. hospital for two weeks and I didn't do any work at all. And I came out of I came out of the hospital and I was, you know, still a little bit in recovery and I did very little work, but you know what? Ends were still met. We never <laughs> we never we never went into debt. We never <laughs> missed a bill. Things worked out and and, and just things just worked out. And the interesting thing is I realized during those two weeks, how many things that I thought were so important, they just weren't. And I completely wiped them off of my list of things to do. And isn't it interesting? And since then, I've noticed that there are times the more I get hung up on these are the things I have to get done by this amount of time, the more Mm -hmm. things that are doing it, the, and, and it goes to that statement, You'll never have enough time to do the things you don't really want to do. Yes. And what I realized is my to-do's list was filled with things that I didn't really want to do. And what happened was I was convinced that those had to be the highest priority above all that other stuff, like you know, creating your own podcast to encourage and inspire people and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So so what yeah. happened was I I consistently was living my life tied to the things that I didn't want to do and, and literally just procrastinating all day because I had no energy, no power to do them. Yep. And the thing is, is my days sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah, and he talks about in this book, in this chapter, <laughs> he says, uh, he quotes somebody who says, a minute on the stove is like a day and a, a day with your wife is like a minute. A day with your yes. love is like a minute.
1: Yes. It's that it's it's old adage, like, you know, it's like time flies when you're having fun. And so when you're in your genius, you're having fun and time, you, you get really into a state of flow, you know, time just sort of disappears when we're doing the things we love to do and, and doing the things that, you know, bring our greatest creativity and greatest expression into the world. I mean, really, I'm sure you've had those experiences. And we all have probably to some degree, but, you know, where you start it, you start your work and you're doing your creative stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, it's two o'clock already. Where did the, where did the time go?
0: And, and um, the thing is, is when I'm doing that, I was more productive during that time. Like yes. I've when I'm doing yes. something that I'm when I when I'm doing something that I love and I'm in that place where it seems like time just doesn't exist. For example, there are times when if I am fully in the zone, I can do in 2 hours what normally it seems like it should take me a whole week to do.
1: Yep, that's exactly it. And again, this so so you start to see how this idea of how we relate to time um, How we start to wire ourselves and then the more interested we get in understanding what it is to live in our genius, how these things start to blend together because you are more effective. You're yeah. more you're naturally efficient yep. as well.
0: And there are things that I despise doing. And in reality, it should only take me an hour to do this one thing. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. There's times when it's taken a whole day, a week. And I'm not kidding. There have been times when I literally got almost nothing done for as much as an entire month because every single day I pushed off that one task from day to day today and I never got around to doing the things that I truly loved to do. And at the end, and by the way, there was lots of little things that I did and I did accomplish throughout the days, you know, so I was marking things off my to-do list, marking them off, marking them off, getting a little bit of an endorphin rush, right? It's like, hey, I I accomplished that, I accomplished that. But at the end of the day, if I didn't write down the list and I didn't know what I did at the end of the day, I, I end up asking myself, boy, I really didn't accomplish anything today.
1: Yeah and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I mean I think that's the other part like it's a body experience as well. You know this isn't just happening in your head. It's like yeah I don't and I don't feel good. And you know I've never said this before Cliff but I'm going to say it now. I've never it, you've sparked something in me here around this idea of procrastination and I've always had a weird you know I've read about it and I I've, I've seen it cuz I don't have a big experience of that in my life per se at least for the past you know 5 to 6 years for sure. But I'm pretty convinced as we're talking through this, that this idea that you're a procrastinator really comes from having a lot of things on your list to do that you don't really want to do in the first place. Yes. Yeah. And I think if you really, you know, paid attention to that, if we notice that we can start to say like, oh, wow, you know, and I think this is a particularly relevant conversation for entrepreneurs, yeah. You know, think about, right? Like, think about, I mean, I have me and I have an assistant and she handles, I mean, I will tell you one thing that it, you just don't want me handling is logistics. I don't, I can do it and I'm very methodical. First of all, it takes me forever. It, it will be done very well, um, but energetically it is such a drain and she handles all of my scheduling, you know, all of it. Other than today when I scheduled with you myself, you know, that's <laughs> like a rare, rare occurrence. But that,
0: but that was such a right? joyous experience, Daphne.
1: It was. <laughs> Well, absolutely it was. And it was. And by the way, it was a simple one because you did one thing that I really love that people do, which is like, yeah, let's get together. Here are two times. Are you available? You know, we didn't have to go back and yes. forth. It was easy. But, you know, she handles all that. There are just certain, you know, and I've often told people I'm like, you know, when I do an event, it's like, you don't want me managing the logistics of that because there won't be any chairs, I will forget to put chairs in the room for people to sit on. So it's just, you know, and it's, it, I think that's a particularly important thing for people who are in an entrepreneurial role because how much of your time, you know, you're a solopreneur, right? How much of your time is spent doing things that really are outside of your zone of genius and that you might not want to be doing really becomes relevant at a certain point.
0: It does. And, and the and the and I know I, I'm hearing the voices or the thoughts that are going through the minds of many of the people who are listening right now because I had those thoughts okay. myself Me and too. And, the, and the question the question is this the question is but i don't have the money right now to be able to pay somebody else to do those other things if if those things if i have to do those things and and i and so definitely i'd love to ask you there there it's it's a, is it a journey to get to this place where you can be, is there a period of time? Is it a path where you have to sometimes walk even sometimes in your zone of incompetence so that some things can go from being an incompetence thing into a zone of competence. And then all of a sudden you'll find that some of those things that are now a zone of competence might even turn into a zone of excellence. And some of those things you need to delegate to others because they'll always be a zone of competence. And yeah. and then you—it's because you have this zone of excellence that's allowed you to elevate into uh, new financial success and stuff like that. Is, is, do you think this is a journey, or do you think that somebody could literally just all, all of a sudden like leave their corporate job and just pursue their zone of genius?
1: Well, I've seen both.
0: Okay, so please tell you know, me.
1: Yeah, so I've seen both. You know, there's a great story of this. Uh, he's a—he's a meditation teacher. He's a wonderful teacher. He was the editor of. Um, Oh, I forget which big magazine. And one day he just walked out. <laughs> he just <laughs> quit. And you know, here's what's so great: no one heard about this story. It wasn't published on the front of the newspaper because he was just really clear. Like, oh, this isn't the life for me. He was living in New York. His name's Philip Philip Moffat, and he's just like, this isn't the life for me. And it was very simple and very, you know. Um, what would I say is just a very easy transition for him into what he was meant to be doing and guiding and helping other people and doing what he doing, his work that way in the world. And I, and there was probably some part of him that at some point, you know, he kind of does tell the story. You know, there was this, there was this part where he kind of was going in and out. He was noticing where he was spending most of his time and it wasn't doing his job as an editor. um You know, so he started, was starting to notice that. So I really, I tend to be sort of a practical person in that, you know, I think we all have our own individual expression of this and how it shows up for us. And we all have our own stories. Um, And I think if we get ourselves caught in any form of judgment, self-judgment, that we should be doing our life differently, I think that's the hook. And I think that's where we start to get ourselves pulled away from what's true for us, you know, and so whether it took, you know, it took you two years, Cliff, it took me four, you know, whatever the time is. And, you know, again, there's plenty of time available. Um, You know, I've seen both sort of happen in different ways. And I think everyone's path to that is different. What I think is most valuable and most important, though, is that there, there can be a willingness to even see a willingness to even look a little bit deeper within ourselves and a willingness to ask, you know, what, 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 what am I, what am I really here to live? And I was put on this planet for a very, you know, gifted reason, and I have gifts. and And what would it look like for me to live in that space as much as I can, as best as I can, every day? So, maybe right now, your fifty percent of your time is in your zone of genius. You know, it, maybe next month it could be sixty. Maybe the next month after that, it's sixty five. Um, maybe in two thousand nineteen, it's a hundred percent. You know, well, whatever that is. I, right.
0: Well, here's the thing: I can tell you for the. Pre, what has it been? Two weeks, three weeks? I'm not sure. It because time doesn't exist for me. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have just thrown the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> so, so ha,
0: whenever I started reading this book, I can tell you this. That morning, I decided to live in my zone of genius, and I've been creating content, and I've been having conversations, and and having all kinds of create creativity, like you. Well, you would believe, like many people would never believe. So it, it's been incredible. So I will tell you that prior to yesterday at 10 a.m., I had been living in my zone of genius, no doubt, 80, 90% of the time, yeah. literally, like it, my, 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 the, the amount of abundant love that exists between me and the relationship I have with any other human being over the past three weeks my wife my kids my neighbors my friends the person the serving me at the restaurant it's been incredible okay yeah. the, did you notice that i said until 10am yesterday
1: i did notice that
0: because that's when i that's when i launched my final session of podcasting a to z and from 10am <laughs> until 5pm yesterday i literally got sucked right into the time warp again uh, you know and yeah. and it yeah. was it was the longest day and I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a long four weeks. But yeah,
1: it, and you're keeping you, you know, you're choosing that. And I think this is the other yeah. important part too. You know, you're choosing that. You've consciously made that choice. Yes, and you know what that's gonna feel like. And and you know, it, you can get into all, we can get into all kinds of debates in our inner life with ourselves around that. But you're consciously choosing it. And I think again, that's that's the big difference, Cliff.
0: And and the cool thing though is from the time I left to go lunch to, to lunch with Stephanie today. And all the way through right now, I'm completely in my zone of genius. And as a result of that, I can go to bed tonight saying, wow, I did today something that was most important to me.
1: I love that. That's so valuable. And if I get, you know, and I think, again, you're kind of bringing up something too, Cliff around like, oh, I wasn't in my zone of genius. And, you know, again, I think this is where the self-compassion part, you know, really has to slide into all of this. And I, I, again, I... I, I do my. I, I love the inspiration and seeing what's possible, and also being really gentle with ourselves really matters on this on this path. You know, whatever whoever's listening and whatever your path is, and and really taking the space to what's the most compassionate thing to do for yourself. You know, at this moment, and maybe the most compassionate thing for you to do is to teach A to Z this one last time. Yeah. You know, it feels right to you, and there's something in your integrity that's calling you to do that, even though you know full well for this moment that You're not in your zone of genius, and I, you know, I think that's really the gift again, Cliff, of awareness and coming back to like what's what's our heart, what's our heart's deepest desire. And you could have not done it; you could have, yep, you easily could have said no, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I think that's really the path. But you're willing to know, and you're willing to live more and more and more and more of your life in your zone of genius. So yeah. exactly. I, that's super inspiring to me. Well, Daphne, I appreciate
0: you so much. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on here, and and thank you for helping me discover my true value and my true gift Ooh. by being somebody who saw that value in me before I saw it myself by participating in the next level one day business mastermind in June of 2014. Thank you for being the very first person to go through a day with cliff for $7,500 <laughs> and, and absolutely be thrilled with that day. And also give me the experience of feeling so completely who I like the fullness of who I am that day it, mm. and and that it, it was like, wow, was that an incredible experience. So those, those two events along with several other things had given me the courage to take this big leap. And I'm so incredibly thankful. And I want to say thank thank you for one other thing. The exciting oh. thing is, is that you've got your own podcast, which you'll tell people about in just a second but you have a podcast where your co-host for the first 121 episodes
1: <laughs> is, exactly.
0: is Katie Hendricks, is, who is the wife of Gay Hendricks, the author of the book, The Big Leap. <laughs> that which is, That which, is true. <laughs> which, by the way, as a result of your connection, thank you, Gay will be on the show next week.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. For, I'm so excited about that. And again, you know, my... I mean, I, I... I think, I think you know how much I appreciate you and value our friendship and Cliff, I can't say enough. And for how much you've helped me, how much you continue to continue to inspire me. And I'm just so glad that we, you know, that there's this, this thing um, that keeps showing up in our lives reliably that I, again, I could have never predicted when I took A to Z, I could have never predicted you know what where what our friendship was going to turn into or what the collaboration was going to look like, but I know i 've learned so much from you as well um and not you know and, and not just that part about running my online business and what i 'm doing in my life but but it has been that collaboration of our mindset and and how we 're showing up and are we living our best life and and doing what we, what God really put us here on the planet to do so all of my appreciation to you and i 'm glad that I could help and support you
0: awesome and i I, I believe firmly that the best way. And the fastest way any of us can ever grow our podcast audience is by being a guest on other people's podcasts. And so I want to give you the opportunity to build your audience. Daphne, tell them about your podcast
1: thank you, cliff. my My podcast is uh, titled "The Super Fantastic Leadership Show." And right now it's my myself. I'm always the main person, but I have my co-host it used to be Katie Hendricks, as you said, for the first one hundred and twenty one episodes. And now it's my assistant Marta Wilmus. And what we really talk about are all things leadership. It's about being effective. And, by the way, having fun while you're doing your job. (laughs) It's especially geared towards leaders, people who – I'll give my definition of a leader here in a second. But but in particular, people who may have people reporting to them. But more so, I define a leader as a person who's willing to step into the unknown and also can create followers. So – um, if you're a person who is interested in that and, and being that person in the world, or you know you're that person in the world, the show might be particularly interested interesting to you. And we we cover all types of topics on the show, social science topics. Um, I am a scientist at heart, so I tend to bring in a lot of research and things that I that I talk about. But um, hopefully, you'd be interested in joining us on the show.
0: And it, and it is the super fantastic leadership show. You can find it in your favorite <laughs> podcast directory, and there's also a website. What's the website?
1: Uh, I have it on my website 3W's Daphne-Scott.com so you can find it there
0: there you go and just a real quick reminder folks my next session of the building an online business around your podcasting efforts is going to be on November 3rd and 4th there are a few spots still available com slash Next Level Workshop Daphne thank you so much we'll talk to you soon
1: Cliff thank you so much Podcast Answer Man